between Kadesh and Shur, between Sojourn and Gerar. And Abraham said, to, said of Sarah his wife, She is my sister. So Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream of the night, and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is married. Now Abimelech had not come near her, and he said, Lord, wilt thou slay a nation, even though blameless? Did he not himself say to me, She is my sister? And she herself said, He is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands I have done this. Done this. Then God said to him in the dream, Yes, I know that in the integrity of your heart you have done this, and I also have kept you from sinning against me. Therefore I did not let you touch her. Now therefore restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all uh, who are yours. So Abimelech arose early in the morning and called all his servants, told all these things in their hearing, and the men were greatly frightened. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us, and how have I sinned against you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, What have you encountered that you have done this thing? And Abraham said, Because I thought, Surely there is no fear of God in this place, and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she actually is my sister, the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came about when God caused me to wander from the father's house, that I said to her, This is the kindness which you shall show to me. Everywhere we go, say, to me, say of me, He is my brother. Abimelech then took sheep and oxen and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham and restored his wife Sarah to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Settle wherever you please. And so Sarah, he, and to Sarah he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. Behold, it is your vindication before all who are with you and before all men you are declared. And Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maids so that they bore children. And the Lord... For the Lord had closed fast all the wombs of the household of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. <coughs> well, in chapter 12, Abraham had done something similar down in Egypt. <coughs> he had thought he'd have learned his lesson. Ever had a time that the same sin tripped you up again? And it kind of reminds you of you know, well, this this idea of, of you want to preserve yourself. You know, you're willing to sacrifice other people and use other people for your own self-preservation. When, when he says, she's my sister, that's opening the door to somebody taking her as a wife. Can you imagine what would have happened if Abimelech had actually taken her and had relations with her? Among other things that might call into question whose child Isaac was. You know, and things like that. You know, this could have really interfered with the whole program of redemption. Perhaps that's why God intervened so quickly. But, you know, he took Sarah, Abimelech takes Sarah, God comes to him in the, in the dream and says, you're a dead man because you took a married woman. But Abimelech hadn't yet had her as wife. And what does Abimelech say to God? I'm innocent. And besides, he said it was his sister. Yeah. I mean, I assumed he was telling me the truth. You have to appreciate Abimelech's position in that. You know, uh, I mean, in chapter 19, Abraham's righteousness had saved 
Lot. In 20, his faithlessness jeopardized the life of other people. You know, and, uh, you know, taking somebody else's spouse is a serious sin, even if you don't know it is. You know, if you don't know it's somebody else's spouse. So, God says, look, I, I know. I know you didn't know. I've come to you. I kept you from sinning. Now, restore her. You know, give her back. Because not only is Abraham a liar, he's a prophet. You know, it's kind of sad, isn't it? You know, what a, what a name that gives the Lord. And he'll pray for you that you will live if you'll restore. So, you know, wow, it must have been embarrassing to the Lord, you know, to think about this is your prophet on the scene. No. Comments and questions through the first seven verses. Isn't she old now? Uh, yeah, like 90-ish, uh, late 80s. She's one beautiful old lady. Yeah, they made him prettier older back then. <laughs> this, this is about 25 years after the first time he did this, too. She was like yeah. 65-ish. Yeah, that's old. right. So. Yeah, she's, she just keeps getting prettier. <laughs> 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 Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's strange to us, but you know. So Abimelech calls an emergency session of his uh, servants and tells them all these things. They're of course very afraid, and Abimelech calls Abraham in on the carpet and said, "What did I do to you? Have I sinned against you that you brought on me and my kingdom a great sin?" He's very direct. Very upset with Abraham. And, uh, well, what's Abraham have to say about this? Just following through on the lie that we concocted way back when we left. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we've sort of had a precedent for doing this. Yeah. Kind of a standing agreement that we're going to lie about this. That really makes it better, doesn't it? You know, wow. And what other excuses does he offer? Well, he blames them because they don't have a fear of God in this place. So yeah. Partially their own fault. Isn't that amazing? You know, what kind of fear did Abraham mostly have? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. He doesn't look like he had much fear of God. You know, and, and I mean, what a unkind assumption to make. You know, I knew nobody here would fear God. You know, how, how does he know? And, and what else does he do to try to excuse this? She is my sister. Yeah, she sort of is, you know, kind of a half-sister. Of course, that's so much beside the point. She's his wife. You know, I mean, I know in Brazil it's very common. I know this sounds strange here, but it's very common to marry your first cousin. And uh, I know a couple who are Christians that they're first cousins. And, uh, you know, but I would think it would be really weird if Johnny's introduced back as his cousin. He's been married to her for a number of years. You know, I mean, something's wrong there. You know, if, she, if you're married to her, she's cousin is kind of irrelevant. You know, she's your wife. I would think she'd be highly insulted by that as well. Um, and so that's just it's he's really he's really lying when it's all said and done. This is a half truth that really camouflages the real truth. Um, and and Abraham really just doesn't show faith in this. Uh, so he's got excuses. He wish he would have been just more direct and apologizing. 
Well, and even in 13, he almost like he sounds like Adam blaming God. Yes. You Good know, point. God caused me to wonder. Wander. Have you ever noticed when we are defensive and when we're really not wanting to admit our guilt, who all do we end up blaming? You know, everybody but the dog, usually. You know, by the time it's all said and done, you know, it was this and this and you and them and, you know, whatever. It's, it's amazing how we are with that. You know, well, why did you do this? Well, you know, they did and she said and, you know, what about you? You know, it's always other people's fault. And, and that's just from the days of the garden. I was, uh, I was tutoring today, and as I went to sign in the office, there was a, a man with his young daughter there, and, and they were going up to the office, and they were explaining uh, why he was bringing her in. And he said, we overslept today. And I thought about that, and I thought, you know, I really appreciate his honesty. And he didn't try to make excuses about why they overslept or anything else. He just said, we overslept today. And it's like, you know, that's, that's the way you do it. You just tell Absolutely. it as it is. Absolutely. Just be honest, direct, and don't shift the blame. <clears throat> so, he, so he moves into this place for whatever reason and makes a, a plan to keep himself alive but has no plan for his wife. Not a good one. <laughs> right. No. It's like, now we're going to go down here and they're probably going to want to take you, so just, that's okay. Play along, yeah. But yeah, I'll, I'll, let's, let's devise a plan where they won't kill me. As if that's, I don't know, what's he, what's he going to do? Stay there? I mean, why is he there, first of all? And how long and is he going to later move out and say, hey, it's time to go now. <laughs> we're out of here. <laughs> so how's he different from Lot in that? You know, Lot didn't consider the impact on his family of that move and so forth. I think they're parallel in yeah. this. Now, you know, Abraham has probably made more sacrifices all along, yeah. but in this, you know, sacrifice your family for your own well-being. It, it's important, I think, to keep reminding ourselves that this is a story about God and not just about Abraham and Lot, but there is such mercy and compassion on the part of God through this whole thing to Abimelech. He kept him from sinning. And uh, his expression to him, you're a dead man, that, that, would, that would hurt. I mean, that'd be kind of scary for God to say, you're a dead man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then he's, he is forgiving toward uh, Abraham here. It's remarkable. I mean, we look at some of these things and we're like, well, this is just outrageous. Why would, you know, and we wouldn't put up with this. And yet God is merciful. I mean, it's not like God, uh, you know, excuses this. Obviously, he rebukes Abimelech strongly, and then he uses Abimelech to rebuke Abraham strongly. You know, but he doesn't, uh, you know, discontinue the program with Abraham. And he blesses Abimelech again. So the Lord is very merciful. What he has to work with to work out his plan is just pretty weak. <laughs> You're right. The Lord is a master at using unpromising material. That's amazing. This must have been at least 
in a period of time from the end of it, we see that Abimelech. Yeah. I mean, they. It was at least long enough that they recognized that they couldn't bear children or something. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. You know, it may have been like Esther, where they brought her in and had to prepare her for. <laughs> Maybe so. Months or whatever it was. Maybe so. She had to go through the uh, resident beautification program or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Might take a little longer with her <laughs> wrinkles or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I know so little about uh, those issues. So. Well, but then, but then the entire time between 19 and 20 is, or 19 and 21 is a year. Right? Yeah, because you're saying because they said well, by this 18, time next yeah. year. Right. Yeah. Right. No, but they they could be there for yeah, quite a few a while months. Still, so. Yeah. Nobody's getting pregnant, you know that fairly quickly. Yeah. Um, I think verse 16 is interesting. It is. What do you think is interesting about that? Behold, I have given your brother. Yes! Your, your brother. Yes! This money to make you whole. Basically, he gets he gets a uh, you know kind of another jab. barb in there, yeah, and then jab, yeah. This is this. I gave your brother this. Ah, shoot. Well, Abimelech's pretty generous with Abraham. He was, but after all, Abraham's a prophet of this God, and he'd like not to be a dead man. Small price to pay. And isn't it ironic? What does Abraham do in seventeen? He prayed to God, and what did God do because of Abraham's prayer? Listened and healed. Healed. Abimelech, his wife, his maid, so, so they had children. Yes, and who's barren? Abimelech. Sarah. Sarah. Isn't it interesting? Yeah, that too. But uh, isn't it interesting that Abraham's prayer opens the womb of the barren women of Abimelech's country? <laughs> But to this point, we don't know if Sarah, you know, having children, it'll be soon. But, uh, so, I don't know. All of this is just disappointing, but Cameron. So he healed Abimelech and those girls, those women. Hey, but it takes two. What was wrong with Abimelech? I don't know. But perhaps he was rendered unable to bear children. Other thoughts? I might have healed him of that, of that dead man disease. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I'd want to be healed of that one. <laughs> so you see Abimelech thinking, you know, I haven't been feeling well lately. Right <laughs> yeah, <now." laughs> that's right. Every little ache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Abimelech, by the way, is a throne name. There's Abimelechs for generations, kind of like Pharaoh or. Caesar or whatever. There's not just one of those. It's almost like the Abimelech. Anything else on 20? <coughs> All right. Chapter 21, verses 1 to 8. And the Lord visited Sarah, and, he, and, and the Lord visited Sarah, 